Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Courtney Kyle released her first single, I Just Want to Hold You, in 2020, which was a very uncertain time to be releasing music, but it immediately found an audience and became a finalist in the Vanda and Young songwriting competition. Since then, she's released several more uplifting country pop singles, and she now has a new album called The Good Kind. Hi, Courtney. Hello. It's so nice to be back chatting to you. Thank you for the lovely intro. <laughs> oh, it's no, it's lovely to see you again, to talk to you again. Um, this album is an absolute pleasure to listen to. It is really impossible not to smile one's way through it. It's I've told you before we started recording, it's a good mood album. It's put it puts me in a really good mood every time I listen to it. But I wonder if you had a particular intention when you created it. It was interesting because this whole process was kind of backwards to what I ever expected it to be my debut album process. You know, I kind of thought, you know, you go into the studio, you record your songs and it's like, there's the album. But with COVID and launching my career in the midst of the pandemic, it had to have a different approach. It meant that we kind of chipped away song by song. So we we're kind of working out the story as we went. And a lot of it came down to just writing a song about, yeah, I really love that. Let's put that on the album. Oh, yeah, I really love that. Let's put that one on. So really it was only kind of mid last year that we looked back at all the songs and went, okay, what have we got? What do we want to put on there? Are we missing anything? Do we need to write some more? So it was definitely a, you know, it ebbed and flowed <laughs> rather than setting out and really just writing an album and recording it. Yeah, but I suppose in some ways that means you were being responsive to what was going on, not only in your own life, but what was around you because you were thinking, what do we need? You know, what sort of story are we going to tell? Yeah, absolutely. It meant that I was able to you know, find the gaps really and just kind of pick and choose and think, okay, we need a bit more of a ballad. We need some more up-tempo, feel good. You know, it was nice to be able to kind of look at it as we went and just fill those spots that that were needed. Yeah. Uh, which I'm curious which artists you were listening to while you were creating your album. It was quite a mixture, but one that I listened to a lot was Carly Pierce's latest album, uh, 29, I think it's called. Uh, I really, really loved that album. So I listened to that a lot just as such an incredible songwriter and musically I just loved the classic country sound in there, which is something I always try to apply. Listen to still a lot of 90s country to to have that influence still heavily in there too. So I was listening to a mixture of things, but just a lot of the, I guess, really strong females in the industry. Yeah. Uh, now, The Good Kind contains your popular singles as well as some new songs. I'm actually uh, curious which song on the album was written first rather than recorded first. Well, the very first song that was written and the very first song that was recorded and the very first song that was released was I Just Want to Hold You. Okay. So that one actually ticked all the boxes of the first, 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 okay. <laughs> which, was, which was funny. And that would have been probably March 2020 that we wrote that one. Okay. Um, I actually can't remember which month in 2020 you released it. So please remind me. It was me. Au- August. Okay. <laughs> so that was pretty quick, you know, writing, recording, getting things together. And for you as a debut artist, you know, getting your head around what was going on in a very interesting time, shall we say? Mm. Oh, absolutely. It was all a learning curve regardless of the the lovely pandemic that we had going on at the same time. You know, it was just all new territory working out how you release music. What do you actually have to do to put music out? Um, 
let alone then trying to balance it in a world where you can't be out playing shows and meeting people and having to rely so heavily on social media and connecting with people differently. Yeah, that's an interesting point too about um, connecting through social media because, of course, fans are used to seeing artists Mm. at shows or hearing them on the radio, going to festivals like Tamworth and other places, and you just Mm. did not have that opportunity. So did you consciously think, all right, I I have to work out how to connect to people? Because social media is a skill. And, you know, you're great at it, but it's it's a learned thing, as being a skill implies. So did you put a bit of time into that? Definitely. I think the biggest thing was trying to think of ways to get people to interact, get them, you know, used to seeing me, getting to know who I am as an artist, not just through my music. It's like you had to kind of think bigger than your music and find a way to connect with people on that dip, deeper level, whether it's me in the kitchen cooking or whether it's doing different things and trying to find ways for people to go, oh, that's that's who Courtney is. That's cool. Or, you know, that's, that's really cool that she goes and does that. I love doing that too, you know. So it was definitely, it's a challenge. I, I still find social media such a challenge, but I think it's a great tool. You, you just have to balance it out because otherwise it can just be a bit overwhelming. <laughs> I suppose what you had to do was think of yourself as the artist, almost like as a, as a whole package. Who am I as an artist and what do I want to convey to other people as you were putting music out, but also before you were putting music out, really. Absolutely. It's it's definitely a whole other way to think about it than just going about your day and going, oh, I went and did this, let's post about it. It's like, okay, what's going on in my music world? What's going on in my personal world? What do I show? What do I not show? <laughs> it's interesting and trying to keep it still really vulnerable that you're not just putting on, you know, a show or just, just posting polished photos. Like I, it's that tricky balance of trying to promote yourself, but also not be over-promoting yourself that people get sick of it. You know, it's, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> well, we do live in weird times where this is concerned. Now, um, so I just want to hold you as the, is the oldest song, shall we say. Um, what is the newest? Oh, Courtney, I think I've lost you. I'm going to pause. So I just want to hold you as the oldest song on the album. I'm wondering what the newest song is, uh, let's say written-wise rather than recording-wise. Okay. Well, I think there's two that are roughly on par. I honestly can't remember which one. We wrote them kind of within the same week or two. So Let's Pretend and Always First wrote those both in a very similar time and recorded them in the same block. So they would have been probably like April, March last year, I think. So they they were kind of bundled together writing with the lovely Sally Barrett over in Nashville and Rod McCormack. So we, we worked on those two and they, they're definitely the newest ones. And then probably after that, um, Somebody Else is Perfect, which is one of the new ones on the album uh, that was, was also in that kind of era. Yeah. Now, Always First has been released as a single and Let's Pretend is your latest single. So what is the story behind the song? Let's Pretend is, it's, definitely a lot more vulnerable than some of the other songs I've released. It's more of a story of, uh, you know, me or anyone really like talking to their mum or someone that they care about, trying to, you know, share that they're in a new relationship and not really knowing what way is it going to go? Is it going to work? Is it not? And, you know, maybe you've been hurt before and it's like you just want to pretend that it's all going to be okay and and that, you know, your hearts don't break and, you know, that everything's positive and it's all going to work out because they're a really great person. And, Sometimes it does work out, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, this song is kind of being in that sweet spot of kind of living in the fantasy of being like, let's just pretend it's going to be, it's going to be good. 
<laughs> now, as you mentioned, you uh, one of your co-writers on that song was Sally Barris, who was in Nashville. At this stage of proceedings, are you just simply used to writing on Zoom? 100%. And as by nature, I'm an introvert, so I love writing on Zoom. <laughs> Obviously, it's lovely getting to be in the room with people, and I there's nothing I would love more than being in Nashville, getting to actually catch up with these lovely people that have had such a part of my journey these past few years. But I do enjoy writing on Zoom. There's no denying it. <laughs> yeah, because it's, you know, then you're in your own little space and you can do it. You can exactly. turn the camera off if you wanted to. Exactly. And especially when we're writing with Nashville, it's usually at like 5.30 or 6 a.m. in the morning. So wow. it's like you roll out of bed. I could be sitting in my pyjamas and no one cares. <laughs> and the other co-writer was Rod McCormick, who has been your producer throughout, um, I think, from your very first single. Mm-hmm. So for people who aren't aware of that connection, how did you come to work with Rod? It was just one of those really interesting moments, meant to be situations where I was over in Nashville in 2019. I'd been working with a lovely couple in Melbourne, Barbara Hannon and Adrian Hannon, and they knew Rob and Gina quite well and said, well, you're more country. You really need to meet them. You're going to love them. And I was in Nashville. Barb came over at the same time as me and Rod just happened to be there at the same time as us. So we all caught up in Nashville. turns out we're on the same flight back from Nashville to Sydney. Uh, and just ended up chatting and spending a bit of time together and thought, you know, maybe this could be a really nice fit. It still took me about probably eight months to reach out to Rod back in Australia and say, let's do something. Uh, But once we connected, it was just so lovely and getting to have people that really know kind of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish is is really special. So interconnect with Rod and Gina has been just incredible, really incredible, and they're just great people. So. And we should say Gina is Gina Jeffries, who is Rod's yes. wife and who has been somewhat of a mentor for you. But you also went on tour with Gina and with Tanya Kernigan on their Girls' Night Out. I think that was the name of the tour. Um, I think Max Jackson was on it as well. How that would have been fun by just by the sound of the lineup. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. It really was a Girls' Night Out. We had a ball on stage. We played Tamworth. But Mackay last year and Savannah in the round, we just had so much fun. And getting to learn from all of them was so incredible because they've all excelled so well in their areas of country music and just as artists in general. So it's been very special to get to learn from these people that have been my heroes and seeing how they interact with people, how they are on stage and, and just their songs are, are beautiful. So it's it's just been very incredible and kind of pinch yourself moments to be like, wow, I actually got to do that with them. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and you were doing those shows throughout the pandemic closures and whatnot. You also played June Carter in a, in a Johnny Cash and June show. You had some other things going on. So you, you've actually managed to fit in quite a lot. I, I guess that would have required a lot of adaptability and an ability to manage your own stress mm. levels around the coming and going of, of the industry at that time. Mm. Definitely. I think the biggest thing I've learned over the past few years is just to be flexible with whatever's going on, that most of the time it's out of your control. You just have to go with the flow, which me as someone who likes to be very organized has been very challenging at times, but I just had to make the most of what opportunities come when they come and just go with it. Cause there's always going to be something that comes up. You just have to hang in there for them. And in the, in the low moments where there isn't heaps going on, you've just got to you know, apply your love for music into different areas, whether it's writing or teaching or doing different things like that. So I feel like I've been able to, you know, make it all count when it counts, um, 
but also just taking every moment that comes and reflecting on it. It's like, wow, I've managed to get a lot done. Um, but in the moment, it doesn't feel like that. You feel like, oh, I haven't played shows in a while and this and that. But, you know, when you look back, it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, now coming back to the album, The Good Kind, um, for me, it, 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 you know, as I said, it's a, it's a real mood lifter. Um, I have a smile on my face listening to it every time, but it also shows the values of having albums, I think. Even though mm. you have had a lot of singles released and the album contains a lot of those singles, it was so good to have them just in one place. Um, but some artists mm. aren't focused on albums anymore. They're putting out EPs or they're not even doing that. I'm wondering why you felt it was important to have an album. I think the biggest thing is that it's such a big chapter of my life and it's nice to be able to pull it all together and say, this is what the last few years of my life have been. And musically, this is where I was at. This is, you know, how I felt and being able to kind of tie a bow around and say, this is, you know, all in one kind of season of my life, which I think to look back on in the future will be really like, okay, that was 2020 to 2023. (laughs) Um, but, But, you know, yes, there's a lot of singles on this album but for me it's just a collection and I hope that when people listen through it they see that journey because obviously you have some happy songs and some sad songs and you get to kind of feel that journey of where I've been and, and hope that people connect to it that way. What really comes through on it too is how much you do love what you do because even when the songs are not about happy things there is a sense of joy in the singing of them if that makes sense. So I'm wondering when you go into the studio if you consciously generate that, because I imagine if you're doing take after take, sometimes it's, you know, a little you, know, you might get a little bit annoyed or whatever, and it could be hard to connect with that. Or if it's just that you think, Hey, this is fun. Thankfully working with Rod, he is awesome when it comes to doing your vocal tracks. He's someone that is so calm and I just feel so relaxed. We kind of would do a bunch of takes and he's like, all right, let's take a break or, okay, I think we've got it. You know, we've got stuff we can work with. He never, has to push me to the point that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired or I feel exhausted. Like he will genuinely just try and get the best out of me and go, okay, that's enough. We don't want to oversing it, which is really nice. And it means you kind of keep that connection to it as well. You're not just singing the same thing over and over and getting that disconnect. Um, but as a person, I'm quite a positive person in general and I'm just excited to be in the studio whenever I'm there. So I'm glad that that shows through when I'm singing, which is, which is really nice to hear. <laughs> Uh, now we talked about a little about about social media beforehand. And the last time you and I spoke, uh, I mentioned that I'd seen I think it was Hummingbird was coming up as a sound on TikTok that people were using, and you have been making some TikTok videos. So it's TikTok your preferred platform these oh, days. I'd say um, it's a very small effort <laughs> to get into TikTok, but. I feel like an old lady on TikTok, which is bizarre, you know, but it's it's been a learning curve, put it that way. It's It's been challenging to try and come up with ideas and what to post, what to show. And it's it's definitely, I wouldn't say my preferred right. form of social media. Every post I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> but I think it's also a fun way to get creative, do something different. And, you know, you connect to different people that may not be on your Facebook or your Instagram. So I'm just trying to have fun with it. And it's okay if they look a bit silly. <laughs> well, I don't think there's any silliness involved. I'm, I, I do think you, you've, you've cracked the art of doing the, the short video with a lot of content in because I was looking at it and going, wow, this is, this is good. I should take some tips from this. <laughs> it's tricky. I just see what other people do and try and find a way to make it my own as well and get on the trends as soon as I can and I'm by no means any expert so 
don't come to me for TikTok tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, we're in February at the moment. Uh, you have done a lot of shows over the past couple of years, as we discussed. I'm wondering what you have planned for this year, or at least as far into this year as you can see. Well, obviously the album's been so front and foremost the goal to get that out and the album launch which I've got coming up as well which will be so fun to finally get to play all the songs in in full uh but honestly I'm already thinking about getting back into the studio and writing more so I think that will be probably one of the you know closer goals in the next couple of months to get onto that really try and turn out some more songs I'd love to get some new tracks out before the end of the year anyway so mixing that in with hopefully some more shows. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get out to some of the festivals and things like that. It's, it's just going to be an interesting few months and I'm kind of just leaving it a little bit open. Obviously, I plan as much as I can for my vanity's sake, but also being open to what's going to come musically too. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, you've also played on a cruise ship in yes. the past little while. And I always find this fascinating. Um, I've spoken to, an, to other artists about playing on cruise ships and I always find it wild that you can do the shows but also mix with your audience during the day. So how did you find it being on a cruise ship? I loved the experience. I thought it was fantastic. Um, getting to be part of the cruising country trip was incredible. Just getting to meet so many other artists was really lovely, getting that, you know, time with each other, but also then getting to just be out and about with the people that are there enjoying it too. It was a really unique experience and being in the middle of the ocean was very cool, but also being on stage and being like, oh, I've got to not fall over <laughs> at times was challenging. Uh, so any of the high heels I took, they didn't get worn. It was always flats, boots, you know, everything just to make sure you're not falling off the stage, most importantly. But thankfully we had very smooth weather. It was just it was just more the motion that you're not used to, but it, I loved it. I'd love to do more. Technically, I imagine that's quite challenging for singing as well if you are pitching <laughs> to one side while you're trying to hold a note. Well, it's more so like if you're in the moment, you close your eyes and then you oh. kind of open them and go, oh, like, oh. wait a minute, where am I? <laughs> you know, you have a mic stand in front of you and you kind of move a bit and you're like, oh, okay, okay, let's just recenter a little bit, but... Thankfully, we, we were pretty, pretty good. It wasn't too rough. I know some years it's been pretty crazy. But I feel very thankful that my first, you know, time cruising was a, was a calm one. <laughs> well, um, people can find you on dry land as well. If they keep an eye on your social media, I'm sure you will post upcoming shows. And in the meantime, the good kind is out and fabulous and everyone should listen to it because I've been listening to it nonstop. So Courtney, Carl, oh. thank you very much for your time. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you so much for having a chat with me and really, really appreciate the support as always. Great to see you. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.